Well, after a day like yesterday, you might expect a bit of a bounce back in equities and perhaps the US dollar to slip away and bond yields to trace their steps. But not so, not really. Shares had a last minute rally after a day of uncertainty and yields are showing there's still a possibility of a 100 basis point hike by the Fed. We'll look at all of that and whether the PPI numbers added to that, plus inflation in the UK back to single digits. But if you look under the hood, the number is not so good. Today, Aussie employment and US retail sales. It's the morning call from NAB. It's Thursday. The 15th of September 2022. Good morning. Well, not as bad a day for U.S. stocks as yesterday. We saw a bounce back, but then quite big falls, then a last-minute boost, which actually saw shares finish up by and large. Close to the uh, close, the Dow was down 0.7%, but actually finished up 0.1%. The S&P 500 uh, an hour ago was down half percent, but it closed a third of 1% up. And the Nasdaq was down almost 0.2%. It closed up three-quarters of 1%. So materials, real estate, and financials hit the hardest. In Europe, it's all down, picking up from those losses in the U.S yesterday. The FTSE 100 down 1.5% at close. The DAX down 1.2%. Small moves in bond yields. 10-year treasuries haven't really moved very much at all. Two years are up three basis points. 10-year gilt yields down four basis points in London. German 10-year bonds down one basis point. As I said, not big moves happening in uh, in bonds at all, but no, not much retracing from those uh, big moves yesterday either. The US dollar has retraced some of the gains from yesterday down just 0.1%. Uh, the Aussie dollar has risen 0.2% up over 67.4 US cents. The Japanese yen has made big gains. It's up 1%. The pound up 0.4%. The euro up just 0.1%. And oil, uh, WTI is up 1.6%. Brent up 1.1%, a little over 94 a barrel. They've both had a a bit of a a topsy-turvy day today. Gas prices in Europe about 12% up as well. Uh, But maybe the EU has an answer to that, to those rising gas prices. That's certainly on the agenda for today with NAB's Dave DeGarris in London. Uh, Let's look at uh, the follow through though Dave first of all from that surprise CPI in the US yesterday of course we saw sharp moves yesterday because there was an expectation that CPI would fall and it didn't do that so you might have expected after such big moves a, a bit of a bounce today but we're not really seeing it are we? Yes you're right it, it, it's held on you know the first thing that I look at today was the uh, the two year yields you know the short end yields which is configured on what the market thinks the Fed will do and it's held on to practically all of the 25 to 30 basis point rise in that two-year yield that happened after the CPI. So the market's yeah. still toying with the idea of um, uh, 100 basis points. From the it's about, about a 25% chance now, isn't there? Yeah, some, yeah, something around that, Phil. So it's certainly well less than 50%, but but toying with, with, with mm. that idea. I think the way the Fed will think about it is they'd be pleased that they've done 75, right? And that's an outsized rise in, in rates. But no doubt it'll get some discussion at the at the meeting and maybe we'll hear about that at the press conference. Anyway, that's next week. Yeah, yeah. And what can we read from the PPI numbers? Because we've had those, the, the new the new inflation data. Uh, I mean, because they actually fell 0.1% month on month in August. Yes. But, the, but the core read... Uh, is up 0.4%, which is it, a bit more than expected. It was it was up, what was it, 0.4, the ex-food uh, uh, and, and, and energy PPI, mm. um, after 0.3 in the previous month. I think when you read through the details, one of the things that uh, did support it was uh, fuel retailers' margins, which is part of, you know, margins is part of the PPI measurement. And what happens when fuel prices go down, I guess, um, they don't get passed on quite immediately. So fuel margins, you know, pick up in those months when 
oil prices are going down. So that's likely to happen a bit more next month and rather strangely support the PPI, but then there should be some relief after that. So net, net, what did we take away from the PPI that we didn't know before it was released? Not a whole lot more, to be quite honest. But there's a clear distinction, wasn't there, for the month? I mean, goods down 1.2%, services, oh, yes. services up 0.4%. So how does that does that change the, the attitude for the for the Fed? I mean, does it I, add to the... I think, I think they're more concerned about the sort of second and third round effects of labour costs and yes. so forth. And that, that's where the services comes yeah, in, would be course. a concern, yeah. Yeah. So does that is that going to push for the Fed to go harder? Then is it? Uh, I mean, not be- any more. Not that any more than what they learned in the CPI yesterday. <laughs> yeah. There was plenty of evidence there, wasn't it? Yeah, they're not going to go 150 just yet. Then no, good. Thank God for that. What about in the UK then? The inflation there. Uh, the good news is is down, but again, there's bad news, isn't it? Uh, because pretty much all of that was down to falling petrol prices and little else. Mm. Food up 13.1 percent year on year. That that yes. which is higher than July. Clothing up 7.6 percent. It was 6.6% in July. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't great news, really. No, it wasn't. Um, as you said, I guess there was the, the somewhat better optics of uh, a single-digit inflation rate, only marginally fell 9.9% from 10.1%. But um, it's it's really the core rate, isn't it, that, mm. that's of, that, that the Bank of England will be watching, uh, which is 6.3%. And incidentally, it's the same rate as the US core CPI, so it, whatever, whichever way you look at it, it's way above the, the Bank of England's 2% target. So uh, mm. they've got the job ahead of them. So the market's thinking about you know, 50 or maybe 75 next week. Yeah, and this idea of containing wage pressures, I mean, that is going to, that's going to get harder because in the UK, okay, it's taken a bit of a backseat at the moment because it's it's probably not good form to call a strike while the uh, nation is mourning over uh, the death of death of Her Majesty. But uh, you know, they'll be back to strikes next week. Amtrak uh, is about to kick off a strike in the US as well. So you know, <laughs> lower income workers, understandably, don't want to see their real income fall, and that's going to make it harder for central banks. And the more we see these inflation numbers kick up, uh, the more the unions are are, are going to be. Getting well, it, uh, it, it sort of increases the urgency, doesn't it, for central banks to uh, pursue their mandates, which mm. is uh, particularly tricky here in the UK right now, Phil. But perhaps uh, a little bit more leeway for them to look forward now after the, um, the support measures announced last week from, by the, by the new, new Prime Minister, which yeah. amount to something like what? 7% of GDP plus, you know, the, the SMEs, that hasn't, well, none of it's been costed yet, but the household support people are costing variously at around, you know, the £130 billion yeah. uh, pounds. So it, it's a it's a chunky piece of support for the economy. And we got, speaking of that, we got the uh, EU's equivalent. So Ursula von der Leyen was speaking today. She's got the answer to rising fuel prices, uh, which is, uh, well, in part, windfall taxes for fossil fuel companies. So they are yes, going, yes. So they won't be able to earn more than 180 euros per megawatt hour, which is a, a lot less than they are it's, currently earning. And then the other part of it is that uh, renewables, uh, they, they, they don't have to be tied or they can't be tied to the cost of, of fossil fuels. So they've got to come in cheaper, basically. Well, um, there's sort of two parts there, Phil. So there's a new uh, a mouth uh, tangling word, inframm- inframarginal producers. <laughs> <laughs> so, so put that one in your, in your lexicon for the future. So these are the, uh, the non-gas producers, if you like, the lower cost uh, uh, power producers, 
they'll be able to earn uh, up to 180 euros per megawatt hour. So uh, that compares with the current uh, TTF for Rotterdam price of about 220 last yep. time I last yep. time I checked. Yep. Right. So th- there's that, and there is an extra tax on fossil fuel fuel producers based on uh, anything above 20 percent above their previous three years of profits. Oh uh, right, okay. I've got that right. 33 percent. Okay. All right, okay. Yeah. So it's, so it's, okay. So the renewables have can earn a maximum of 180, and then the yes. uh, fossil fuels. Well, renew, renewables, coal, clear as mud. Right. Nuclear. Yeah, yeah. All, <laughs> in, all, in, all of those, all of those infra marginals. Right. Bill. Okay. In in you know, in fairness to me, it, it was a pretty weighty tome, wasn't it? And heavy gain, trying to understand it all. But at least they've got a plan. So hopefully everyone's gonna be happy about that. Meanwhile, uh I, not much market reaction to it was there, mind you, it's fair to say. Uh but I guess we'll 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 see how it pans out. Industrial production well down in Europe, just to you know, just demonstrate in the background things are not looking sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, down two point three percent month on month for July, pretty close to uh, the annual decline actually, which is the biggest monthly decline since since April 2020, mm-hmm. and that is being blamed on energy costs. You know, it, it, it's hitting the industry. Well, <clears throat> I, th- I think that that's what I suspected, Phil, when I first saw the number. But when you dig below the surface a little bit more, mm. um, you find that the biggest negative was Irish industrial production. Now, this is a reflection of probably of transfer pricing, tax arrangements and the like. They get enormous month-to-month swings in uh, IP. Uh, and, and this month it was down 18.9%, but it was oh, up right. 11.2 the month before. So I would have wouldn't have been surprised if Germany had a, had a bigger negative number. But the the aggregate was down 2.3. Germany was down 0.7. France down one and a half. Right. Netherlands and Italy both up. So. The detail, not quite as angry as the headline this time. Right. Okay. I'm glad you're here to explain all this to us. What about oil prices then? Explain that because even though inventories <laughs> are up over 6 million barrels last week against an expected drop, uh, you know, you'd think weaker demand, falling prices, uh, yes. but actually oil prices are up. Well, up and down a bit today. They're up quite a lot and then they came back down again. Well, to the extent that uh, rates matter and, you know, is is the recession trade back on if, if central banks are going to be ultra aggressive again hmm. that seemed to initially cap oil prices and then they they rallied you know there was that news about part of china opening up again yeah, chengdu uh, yeah yep. and it looks like it's just weakening again into the close and as you said crude oil inventories were up but um, hmm. refined inventories were down so what's that tell us about demand uh, yeah. and if it gets down if it gets below 80 uh, then Joe Biden says, well, he might start refilling the uh, strategic okay. petroleum reserve. So I make it sound, when I say he's going to start refilling, I've got this vision. It makes it sound like he's going to be there standing beside an oil tank and <laughs> filling a hole in the ground, doesn't it? But I mean, that would maybe that'll encourage it to go down. If it's going to go down, he'll buy more. I like the I like the logic there. But anyway. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, yeah we'll, why not? <laughs> so what about, uh, look, uh, closer to home, home sales in Australia, sales last month. 16%, I know this is just one month, but 16% mm-hmm. down month on month. We also saw mortgage applications well down in the United States. This is clearly what happens when you put interest rates up. Interest in housing falls. And there was a, a report, uh, this is from last week, but we didn't report on it. It's worth bringing up now we look at these housing numbers mm-hmm. from Goldman Sachs, reckoning by the mm-hmm. end of next year, New Zealand house prices will be down 21%, Australian house prices will be down 18%. 
13% down for Canada, basically all the countries that are highly leveraged in, in housing. Uh, it is a dangerous game, of course, predicting house falls, uh, house price falls. You you know, you end up meeting people on Matt Kosciuszko if you do that. But uh, but the, but the um, and 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 remember, after you know, in the case of Australia, what. 20 to 25% gain. So, yeah, so, yeah um, exactly. Just going we're, back, we're back on, to where, if that, yeah. even if that were to happen, it's sort yeah. of back to where we were a couple of years ago. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, New Zealand's current account deficit yesterday, that was more than expected 27.8 billion, 7.7% of GDP. That is the worst since 2008. What kind of a warning sign is that? Well, uh, I think, you know, the big, big factor for Kiwi right now is, is like most current G10 currencies, Phil, is, is simply the US dollar right now. Mm. So uh, I, I think we've moved beyond those days when uh, currencies like Aussie and Kiwi were. Um, were sensitive to the current account. In, in fact, if, if Aussie was, you know, the Aussie, instead of being at 67.5 cents, would probably be 77.5 cents or even higher with that massive, those massive surpluses, it's been r- ratcheting up. But um, I think the market's probably more interested in the GDP numbers today for New yeah. Zealand. And although even that is a little historical and it's a, a bit of bouncing after the um, Omicron virus. So is it going to tell us about, the economy so much in September this year. Yeah, probably Q- not. To be quite honest. Yeah, because Q one was down, wasn't it? Zero point two percent. It so, was. So we will. You're expecting a bit of a bounce then. Yes. Well, well, my colleagues in uh, Wellington are expecting one point four, and mm. the range today is point four to one point six. So you know. Right. We'll, okay. we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Australian employment today uh, in July, of course, we saw jobs fall by about forty one thousand. This time, that it's not expected to happen. But, you know, this is what central banks want, isn't it? Less jobs, less wage pressure. They'd be happy to see well, it. I mean, well, it's, well, it's, it's very bad to talk about people losing their jobs. We don't want that at no. all. But central banks <laughs> love it. Well, this is, this is you know, you're getting to the, the, the nub of uh, central banking there about needing to take the edge off the economy. They'd mm. like to see it in terms of lower labour demand without much change in the unemployment rate. But will they be able to do that? Just in terms of the Aussie uh, employment figures, Phil, I think the biggest effect last month was the sample rotation. Yes. So we had um, we had that new part of the sample coming in, which had a lower employment intensity. Um, that, that that'll still be there this time, but you'll have uh, another part of the sample being introduced this time. So uh, statistically, it's suggesting we will get a bit of a bounce. So. Yeah, I think the Reserve Bank will probably tend to look through both those numbers a little bit, won't they, given all that noise in the mm. numbers. But uh, the evidence on the labour market was pretty clear, wasn't it, from the NAB survey earlier in the week that um, demand for labour is still very strong and labour costs and uh, and wages and employment is still uh, still quite strong. So, yeah, still um, a concern. Yeah, in, in, indeed. Yeah. So for the US, we get retail sales today, so that'll be interesting. That was uh, that was flat in July. Uh, so uh, you know, if you're looking at containing inflation, zero sounds like a good number again today, doesn't it? But I wonder if we'll get it. Well, that that that, that will be uh, the effect of lower fuel prices yes. on the yeah. on the headline number. And then what about other spending? Is it going to show that consumers are starting to tie in the US? Uh, uh, we will see. Market's looking, I think, for half a percent, excluding autos and gas. Right. Could so, that, this um, isn't going to be as influential as uh, CPI, obviously, but there could no, be a bit of a market no, reaction to no. this, couldn't there? Oh, there could be, absolutely, particularly if it's uh, if it's an out-there number on either side. Yeah. You know, it's going to have uh, people wondering 
whether the consumer is tiring or whether the consumer is up and about. So it could be uh, probably in terms of volatility, if it's a high number, you know, the market might spit the dummy again. But mm. Um, mm. we will see. Yeah, we also get uh, the jobless claims as well. So it'll be interesting in terms of, uh, you know, what's happening there in terms of the tightness of the labour market, only for one week, of course, industrial production as well, Japan's balance of trade. Uh, and what else? Well, we get a load, load of regional reports from the US as well, the New York Empire State Manufacturing, the Philly Fed's Manufacturing uh, retail and business inventories. Lots of numbers today. If you've got a spreadsheet where you put all of this stuff in, you're going to have a busy day. But uh, we'll leave it. I'll That's have it. mine ready, Phil. I'll yes. have mine ready. <laughs> all right, ready to put them in. All right, very good. Uh, we'll leave it there for now. Good to talk, Dave. We'll catch you next time. Cheers, Phil. And what we didn't get is uh, talk about is the, the People's Bank of China trying to control the yuan or the expectation that the Bank of Japan might intervene and try and fix the yen as well. That's why that's at 1% today. Uh, that's the subject for tomorrow, perhaps. Uh, I'll be back for that. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. I'll see you tomorrow morning. See you then. Bye.